0: Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor... Well, 2018's history, 2019's mystery. If you uh, kind of watch the news and you see what's going on, you know you think, what in the world is fixing to take place? And we're poised right in the middle between the past and the future. You know, that's always the case. Doesn't take a new year to reveal that. You're always right in the middle between yesterday and tomorrow. To live life in the present is key. The older I get, New Year's come a lot more frequently than they used to for me. Uh, This is time that we make our resolutions for a change in our lives, and in two weeks it's done. More often than not, we fail and rather quickly and return to the comfortable, the known. What can really make a difference in our life? What can really change your life, change your future, change your world? For me, I think before you can change anything, you have to change your perspective. To change what you're looking at. What you're looking to. And uh, this morning, uh, I think one of the key verses for that is Matthew six thirty three. If you have your Bible, I will invite you to turn to Matthew six verse thirty three. This is in the context of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and uh, the context is is facing the world, facing your own anxieties. What shall you eat? What shall you drink? What shall you wear? And in Matthew six thirty three, Jesus kind of said, he, he says, don't worry about all those things. Those are the things that the world is looking for. Here's what you do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, literally all the things that you're so worried about will be added to you. Now we've all heard that. Very familiar. It's one of the verses that you'll hear preached over and over and over and over. Because it's absolutely true. The problem is, we've heard it, is the difference between hearing it and living in it. There's a difference between a teaching and a lifestyle. It's a good thing to believe... But here, is it really an authentic part of our life? Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what I've titled a kingdom culture. I'm going to get into that more deeply next week, but you're lucky. Because this morning, I want to give you a head start. A kingdom primer is what I'm calling it. If you're real old, you can remember the reading primer. It's what you started reading before you knew how to read. You know, only the super saved come on the last Sunday of the year. Everybody else is tired from Christmas and looking forward to the new year. So next Sunday everybody will come because they've made the resolution to attend church more. So next Sunday they'll be here and you ought to be one step ahead of them. Seek first the kingdom of God. Did you realize that Jesus never commanded to seek anything else first? That's an amazing thing. This is the one time Jesus said, Seek something first. He'd never said that about any other pursuit or purpose except for the kingdom of God. The kingdom. In 1997, I think it was in late July and August, I'd taken some time off just to go and spend time with the Lord. And I was in the travel, my dad and mom had a travel trailer, and I was in the travel trailer just looking at Scripture and looking at different things, just trying to get a word from God and kind of direction from God. And God began to key me in on the word kingdom, kingdom. And that, in that protracted time over the few days that I spent there, God gave me a revelation of the kingdom of God that totally transformed the way I looked at the Christian life, the way I looked at time, the way I looked at the future, the way I looked at what God was up to. It's kind of like the kingdom was God's big idea all along. And we know so little about kingdom. Because we live in a democracy. So this morning, I want to just lay the foundation. And my prayer all this week has been that God would just unfold. I pray for you what God did for me 21 years ago. Now, when I'm telling you that, I'm telling you that I'm still looking at it 21 years later and realizing I don't know it. I don't really see it. It's not really full picture to me. And so I'm recognizing that it is God's total answer for man's total need. And it's so hard to wrap our head around. But it's easy to wrap your heart around. The kingdom of God was the central message of Jesus' teaching. It was the central purpose of His Ministry on earth and that of his disciples. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of, or the, or the words kingdom of heaven appears over a hundred times in the New Testament. John the Baptist, when he first started pointing to Jesus, he said this Repent. Can you tell me what the next words are? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Did you realize Jesus' first words after the temptation in the wilderness, and he comes back full of the Spirit? His first words in a preached sermon is Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Do you know what the last message is going to be before the end of time? Look at Matthew twenty four fourteen. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom. You know, here's the thing. What we say is, well, the gospel will be preached to all the nations, and when that happens, then the end will come. That's not what the Bible says. It's not what Jesus said. He said, the gospel of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. All the nations. And then the end will come. So the first message of Jesus and the last message that's going to be preached before the end is the gospel of the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom of God? Before you can have a kingdom culture our kingdom mindset that we're going to be talking about, you have to understand the nature of the kingdom of God. The word kingdom itself begs a definition, especially in a democratic, independent, American, Western society. So I want us to look at the words used concerning the kingdom in the New Testament. These are, there's, I think I put down four Greek words the word kingdom is Baselia. Baselia. The word king is basileas. The word to rule or reign is Baseliu. And basilekas is that which belongs to the king. Or to the citizens. Or literally everything. So here's the definition of a kingdom. A kingdom is the realm in which the king rules what belongs to him. All of these words have the same basis. Kingdom, king, reign, citizens of a kingdom all have the same basis. And a lot of times in the New Testament they're they're just kind of used interchangeably. We're part of the kingdom. That means I belong. I, I, I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the ruler of darkness, into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God. So literally, when we're talking about kingdom, when we speak about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the rule of God over all that belongs to Him. Let me ask you a question. What all, what all belongs to God? Everything. And i got a whole new idea about Glory. What glorifies God? Everything glorifies God. Because He created everything to glorify Him. He created it, He rules over it. Literally, the kingdom is the government of God over His purpose, plan, and creation. God is eternal, without beginning and without end. Therefore, His kingdom is internal. So when we start talking about a proper definition of kingdom, has two aspects, or literally it's twofold. There is the ultimate eternal kingdom of God. It means that God's rule or reign over everything and everybody, everywhere in eternity, past, present, and future. In the beginning, God. (laughs) In the beginning, the government of God... Created. God ruled. The king ruled. And he created that which he would rule over, including man. And then in his creation and in his government, he, he issued to man to have dominion, to have authority, to have reign over the earth. To be fruitful. To multiply. This was all under the ultimate kingdom of God. We think man messed it up. You can't mess up a God who reigns over all. What our mess up did was give God opportunity to reveal just how good and just how glorious and how powerful and how loving He really is. What we thought we messed up, God fixed up through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, you do realize that Jesus was crucified before the foundation in the good, big, big idea of God. God. You see, the kingdom has always been and will always be. There will never be a time the kingdom of God is not in charge. I don't care what CNN says or British news or Alz. Al- what is it, Alzira? I don't care what anybody man says. There is the ultimate kingdom. And let me tell you, when that hits you, that you are literally under the covering of the government of God. Lost or saved. You see, the lost literally bring glory to God by showing how wrong they are. It's once you get this picture of God's rule, God's government... God's kingdom. It will literally, you will feel so safe and secure, and absolutely certain that it's going to turn out just like He said. Now it's a mystery. Jesus Himself says, "You, it's not you can't. It's, it doesn't necessarily make it visible or tangible, and yet it's absolutely right and certain and sure." Psalm 10319 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all, over everything. The kingdom of God is inclusive in all of all reality, seen and unseen. It covers all that exists everywhere, past, present, and future. That's, that's one side of the kingdom of God. The other side, there's the ultimate kingdom, the eternal kingdom, and then there's the present kingdom. That is the emerging order of God through Christ in the affairs of man, mankind on earth. In other words, there is the present reality of the kingdom that's at work right now through Christ and the Holy Spirit in the lives of humans. Mark one fifteen says, The time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent for your sins and believe the good news. Colossians, Paul says it. He says, "For verse 13, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son. There was a rule of darkness that held us in bondage. And Jesus Christ rescued us. That's in Ephesians, you can see it too. And then Revelation... 11.15 kind of announces the end. And he says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there was a loud voice shouting in heaven, The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. There is coming a day when the world itself will be swallowed up into the kingdom of God. You, you, my. You just got to get the picture of this. In fact, it is so enormous, it is so out there, and it's not limited. And you can't mess it up. Isn't that good news? The past can't change it, and the future can't make it any different. And you are invited to be a, a part, a citizen, a participant, a glorious. Piece of the puzzle of God's sovereignty over everything. Now, I've told you it's twofold, and yes, I don't want you to think that those two things are two separate things. It's the same thing, it's one, it's one kingdom. they're not two separate kingdoms, but one kingdom with differing expressions in eternity and in time here 's the thing it's it 's outside of time and yes and yet includes time because god 's eternal, and yet he 's entered into time as we know it. The kingdom of God on earth exists because the eternal kingdom has always existed. Now all of that, and you realize I lack words to to describe it. I I can't. When I was sitting on a couch and it hit me the largeness and the sufficiency of God's kingdom, and that's what Jesus preached. That's what Paul preached. He preached the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God. Jesus came saying, change, repent, change the way you think, change your perspective for the kingdom of God is right here. Jesus even said, that we're looking, when will the kingdom come? Well, he said, the kingdom is among you. It's right in your midst. It's right here. We this morning are sitting in the kingdom of God. Now, this kingdom has a king. His name is Jesus. Revelation nineteen sixteen says this, And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the central component of this present kingdom. This kingdom that's, that is being uh, let loose in the earth. Jesus is the central component of... He embodies the essence of the kingdom. In, in fact, when you talk about those three words, the kingdom is here and ruling because Jesus is who He is. In Jesus, the kingdom put shoes on and lived among us. Actually, there were sandals. The kingdom gets its reality, its essence, its identity from the king. In other words, suddenly what was a concept in the Old Testament became concrete in a man. Born king. You see, you don't elect kings. A sovereign is born. We just celebrate the magi came looking for he who was born king of the Jews. (laughs) they knew it wasn't somebody's going to be elected to a position it was someone who was born king he's the ultimate and the only source of authority in the kingdom the king here's good news the king the king this king can't be overthrown a king embodies the government of his kingdom. Now, this is different for us Americans. We have no idea. Wherever the king is, his entire government is present. Does that make sense? You see, the president can fly to Iraq, but he doesn't take the government with him. He's just a representative of the government. If the king flew to Iraq, the government goes with him. All right, Because the government is linked essentially to the king. The rule of the kingdom of God is not in the choices of men or the consequences or the circumstances of the earth. The government of the kingdom is in the king. Now can you imagine what this verse means? i show you a mystery. mystery which has been hidden but is now being revealed. Christ is... In you. Do you realize right now, right in this room, the government of God is in within us? Why? Because the King is resident here. Christ in you, the hope, the, the expectation of glory. And we think we're nobodies. And we think we don't measure up. And we think we don't count. We think our past defines us or our future is causing fear for us. If you just realize that the king and the government of God himself is resident in his citizens. Christ in you. I want you to get excited about it. I want you to understand you're not going to miss it. Because he, here, this is a good thing, we think (laughs) the citizens of the kingdom don't choose the king. They don't elect him, they don't vote for him. In fact, the king chooses his citizens. You don't vote for Jesus, listen to me, Jesus voted for you. The invitation wasn't because you, He needed you. The invitation was He chose you. The king chooses who will be his citizens. In a democracy, the citizens choose their leader. But in a kingdom, the king chooses his citizens. Listen to what Jesus said. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the Father in my name... He may give you. Wow. Uh, And here's the best news of all. A king accepts full responsibility for his citizenry. A king accepts responsibility for what he owns. You've been bought with a price. Therefore. You've been bought with a price. You've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. He chose you. He paid the price for you. He accepted full responsibility to include you. And now that you're included, do you think He's just going to let anything mess with that? Would you? You know, you can mess with me, but don't mess with my grandbabies. You can mess with my kids, don't mess with my grandbabies. Since He owns everything, everything reflects His glory. So it is to His glory to bring His citizens to the status and the quality of life that reflects Him. This is where we're going to get into the kingdom culture later next week. God intends us to be a reflection of His kingdom. So let's get back to Matthew 6. It's in the context of don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about what you want to eat. The Lord feeds the birds of the air. Don't worry about how you look, what you dress. He takes care of the lilies of the field. And if God does that, of those things, you know, everything in God's kingdom has order. Not in rows. That's the way we do it. But everything has its order. It has its season. It has its time. It has its place. It has its purpose. And you're a part of that kingdom. You have a specific call and purpose that God intended from the foundation of the world. That you and only you fit in. And let me tell you. You're going to succeed because you're part of His kingdom. And He's accepted responsibility. Not only to make you His. But to make you like Him. You see, if you'll change your perspective instead of looking at what's happening to you or what's happened to you to what he's doing and what you have opportunity to become, it's a kingdom perspective. Now listen to Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of this stuff you're worried about and the world is chasing out after will be added to you. Everything necessary for you to become, everything God intends, has already been planned for. You say, yeah, but you look at what's happening in my life. Yeah, lift your eyes up above that. and Look what God's planning in your life. Do you believe the purposes of God will be fulfilled? you think it's going to turn out exactly the way God said it? Why would you think any less about what your life is going to be? Seek first. The word to seek means to pursue it, to study it, to explore it, to experience it, to learn and consider it. You see, seekers must have a passion to know and possess the object of their search. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Let me tell you, you'll find what you're seeking after. If you're seeking after trouble, you'll find it. If you're seeking after stuff, You'll find it. Let me tell you what you do when you find stuff. You find out all that stuff just manages you. You don't manage it. And many of us have gotten what we always wanted and realized we really don't want it. And here's the thing I want you to see in that. Gosh, I've got to quit. Okay, seek, pursue it first as the principal thing. In rank, influence, or honor. It's to be first. It's to be chief. It's to be our first passion. And His righteousness. The word righteousness means in right standing, okay? But it also could mean positioned in the right place. Properly aligned under authority. See, when I properly align myself under my king, I get everything the king can do. So righteousness, if I'm to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, I seek first His kingdom and in His kingdom I align myself under in submission to Him. You say, you mean I've got to submit? Absolutely, because when I submit, I get everything the King has for me. Submission is not... Listen, when I honor Him, I get all the honor of the King. This is not something... Does it have restrictions? Yes. It has restrictions in order that you might be released. It has things that the the king will say, Don't do that in order that you might be free to do this. Okay. Kingdom of God is God's total order. His government for man's total need. You know, for God so loved the world, He did something. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but find everlasting, eternal, abundant God's quality of life. See, salvation is not about going to heaven when you die. Salvation is about getting in a kingdom that will never end. The world is searching for meaning, for fulfillment, for purpose, and they're coming up empty. We've been there, haven't we? Why? Because no other kingdom will work. God, the Creator, created an order, and the way that the world works is that way and any other way will lead to destruction in the day you eat of that tree you will surely die god didn't say i'll kill you he said the evidence and the 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 consequence of you trying to break any other trying to live any other way than this way will lead to darkness and destruction Any other way than God's kingdom will lead to disappointment, to darkness, and ultimately destruction. To seek first anything besides God's kingdom is to traffic in nothingness. It's to flirt with idolatry. It's to move in futility. Following any other kingdom, no matter how great and how powerful it seems, will lead you to emptiness and worthlessness. Let me close. Hebrews twelve twenty five. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who's speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one, Jesus, who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth, and now He makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed, so that only... The, that only unshakable things will remain since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable put that down on your list unshakable let's be thankful and please god by worshiping him with holy fear and awe listen to me we have an unshakable we have an unshakable kingdom we're part of an unshakable people kingdom, an unchanging person. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're a part of the ultimate reality that will last for all eternity. I've got good news for you. The kingdom of God wins. And He invites you to be a part of it. Jesus and the kingdom are the way, the truth, and the life. Not just the way to get to heaven, but the way to think, the way to act, the way to feel, The way to live. In other words, there is a kingdom culture that we can live in that will change your world. That will change your life. That will change history. It's what God intends. But here's the warning. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. And Jesus said this to him. John 3 3 Jesus answered and said to him most assuredly truly truly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God later on he says can't enter it let me tell you until you're born from above until God votes for you you can't even perceive it That's why the world can't see what I'm telling you this morning. That's why my prayer for you is to have your eyes opened to the reality of the kingdom. Because until you have the revelation of the kingdom, it won't make sense of how to live in it. Because, you see, we're independent choosers. And you don't realize the greatest choice you have today is to choose the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking You by Your Holy Spirit to open the eyes of, this, of us. I'm asking You to give us a revelation of Your kingdom. Lord, I'm asking You to show us the big picture and show us how we fit. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray there's anyone here that has never submitted to the revelation and the sufficiency of the cross of Jesus Christ, for their sins that they would do so today i pray that anyone who had not ever seen the kingdom today they would be exposed in such a way that they would enter in by faith through jesus christ we give you thanks and praise lord show us the kingdom in jesus name amen we have Elders here, ministry team, if you have any prayer, listen, I, I'm inviting you. Ask the Lord to give you a revelation of His kingdom. Just a revelation. Lord, just show me. Show me and see what He does in your life. God bless you. Thank you for Thank being you here. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to com.